Hey, welcome to On the Bench. I'm Brendan Sinone. This is our first podcast after the What Went Wrong with Willie series. Appreciate everyone for listening to all three of those episodes. If you haven't checked them out yet, I'll include them in the link to this story uh, that you'll find on Knowles247.com, or you can, uh, if you're subscribing to our, our feed, then you'll already have those on your, your iPhone or whatever uh, whatever your mobile device is. So uh, this is the first podcast since then, and, and it's going to be a fun one. It's a one-on-one between me and uh, a, a guy who had a lot of success at Florida State, uh, maybe doesn't get the credit he deserves for being just a really consistent force, uh, but someone who is, well, I'm just going to read you his numbers before I even say who it is. He he appeared in 45 games with 13 starts, but he's 17th in FSU history with rushing touchdowns, and he's 16th in FSU history in rushing yards, and that's Jacquez Patrick. Uh, Jacquez played with Florida State from 2015 through 2018, and uh, yeah, he he produced a lot. He was a backup to Dalvin or to Dalvin Cook for a little while. Then him and Cam Akers split carries. It was part of a really successful rushing attack throughout his entire career. Did a lot of things really well. And now Jacquez is uh, his journey's interesting because he he didn't get drafted. He didn't catch on with the team, and that's something that he's going to talk about in the podcast coming up. Is is the surprise that he didn't even really get a chance in the NFL, and now he's in the XFL. He's with the Tampa Bay Vipers. And Jacquez is doing a really, really good job. And the league shuts down like all sports leagues have with, with the coronavirus. And for someone who's trying to you know, make his way and, and prove that he's capable of making it onto an NFL roster, or at least getting a chance to do so, he, he talks about that, what that's like to kind of have that hiatus. And, and also he opens up about his time at Florida State, uh, maybe some things that didn't go well for him, the transition between Jimbo Fisher, Willie Taggart. So So it's interesting. I think he... He opens up and is, is honest and transparent about some things that he wish had gone differently in his career, but you're really going to like his his attitude and his approach uh, to, to life and his perspective. So uh, stick around after the break. We're going to have Jacquez Patrick coming up, and, and again, I think you're going to enjoy it. So uh, yeah, in, enjoy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. As promised, we have Jacquez Patrick, uh, star running back at Timber Creek High School. He's recently uh, been destroying it in the XFL. You guys are going to remember him from his time uh, time at FSU as a really productive four-year running back. Jacquez, welcome to On the Bench. How's it going, man? Doing well. How about yourself? I am good. I'm quarantined. I'm staying safe. I know we talked about it before recording. You're staying safe, too, so I'm uh, happy to hear that. What's life been like without sports for you and, and been like, you know, away from the football field, given that it, the XFL season just kind of got suspended pretty abruptly? 
Yeah, it's been kind of a strange thing, you know. Uh, it's kind of crazy because like, we kind of had this uh, conversation with our special teams coach, like, uh, I'd say about a month ago. He was kind of, like, you know, telling us about how uh, what was going on in Wuhan, you know. And um, he was just telling us, like, you know, if your thing gets to uh, somehow reach the states, that we were, the world, our world is going to kind of be put on pause. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's reached over here and all across the globe. And, you know, it's just kind of put everything on pause, you know, so I'm just trying to follow the guidelines, you know, do my part, you know, to help this, this uh, virus go away as fast as it can. When you talk about the world being on pause, and that's a really great way to, to phrase it. I mean, all of us are kind of just waiting and, and watching to see, I guess, what, what happens next. Like when you heard your special teams coach say that a month ago, I know myself, like I didn't think it would get this bad this quickly or ever get this bad, to be honest. I don't think any of us did. Like when you first hear that, uh, are you imagining that like, that's going to mean like literally like sports stopping? I know it's such a big deal for us in our world. Uh, what what was that like when you first heard that? Like, do you think that was something that was actually going to happen? Yeah, I never anticipated it, like shutting down every sport in America. You know, uh, I kind of you know since it's been a serious thing when they shut down the NBA, and you know they mm-hmm. shut down the NBA right before you know playoff time, and I was just like, yo, okay, this is serious. You know, and, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how serious it is, um, you know, but, I mean, just look around the world and look around, you know, all the places that all the major, you know, countries and, and states and cities getting shut down, you know, putting um, curfews on places and stuff, you know, it's just it's just an uh, unprecedented time in the world right now. We just got to do our best to, you know, to uh, manage and control what we control. For you, you were having such a, such a nice season in the first year of the XFL. You're with the Tampa Bay Vipers and uh, 254 rushing yards, which I think is third in the lead. And, and uh, the CBS Sports puts you as a you know, midway or midway point uh, all league performer. So your your first taste of like pro football is going as well as it can. Uh, and then all of a sudden the momentum and, and all that kind of comes to halt. And I know that's secondary to everyone staying healthy and, and being safe. But, but for you, uh, professionally, your aspiration, the thing that you love to do and are so good at football, uh, for it to get kind of paused like that in the midst of such a good rookie season, uh, what what's that been like for you? I just, uh, me, I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm trying to control what I can control. You know, um, yeah, you know, we're in a situation where uh, we just got to um, let things play out. You know, obviously with the uh, XFL, it was, um, you know, um, it was an opportunity for us you know, uh, display our talents for the NFL. And I feel like I put a lot of good things on tape where uh, the opportunity uh, will present itself, you know, but uh, we're in a um, situation right now with, you know, um, the, the, the coronavirus, you know, putting a stop on everything. And, um, so we just, I'm just, you know, training, you know, I'm keeping myself in shape, you know, until uh, that time comes or the NFL team calls. What do you think you've done so well so far in your debut season in professional football, like what are the things that you're you're doing well as a running back? What do you bring to the table? Whether it's when football resumes the XFL, whether it's a chance with the NFL, like what what, what do you offer uh, a football team? I mean, I just I know who I am as a player, you know. And, um, I I had a lot of time to just work on my game, and I know I'm a big physical runner, you know. Uh, but I got I got also a lot. Outside of that as well, you know, uh, I can make all the necessary catches. I can make all the, you know, in the pass, um, the block, the pass pro, and um, just do whatever it's my uh, asking me to do, you know. And they, I'm a great teammate as well. 
And, um, you know, you can never undermine that. So that's that's one of, that's one of my biggest qualities. That's one of the biggest things I take pride in is being a great teammate, you know, uh, on and off the field. How did how did the opportunity to play in the XFL like get offered to you? Like, uh, how did you hear about it? How was it presented to you? Was it something that you were excited about right away? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, my agent at the time uh, he told me about the, uh, the XFL and then I uh, he entered my name in the, uh, the pool and that they were having the draft and he told me um, if, you know if I didn't get an opportunity you know to uh, be on someone's fifty three. When the season started, that uh, the XFL would be an opportunity, and I can kind of look at it like a retro year, you know, from the NFL. And, you know, me just being a competitor, you know, I am, you know, I just want to, I feel like uh, I was I was more than good enough to be in a, on, a, on an NFL free three man roster. I knew I could, I could have went out there and contributed for a team this year as, as a rookie. But, I mean, everything happens for a reason, and that's how I saw it, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, me being in the XFL, you know, it, it just, uh, it was a blessing because I felt like, you know, I needed that league and that, need, that league needed me, you know, and gave, uh, you know, people that, you know, that, you know, may have to be in that same position next year, you know, the, uh, you know, a different outlook on it because the league was, it was such a good league and, you know, everything was like so well ran, you know, it was a lot better than what I expected. And, you know, it's not, it's nothing to look down upon. It's a professional ball, you know, um, it's a step up from college. You know, there's a lot of good players in that league. There's a lot of guys that played in that league that was in the NFL for for five years. You know, I had teammates. I was the youngest, well, the second youngest on the team uh, behind Tavares McFadden. You know, I was one of the youngest guys in the league. Uh, so uh, it's just it's just a beautiful opportunity. I'm glad I got the opportunity to do. I go out there and you know, I just did my best to take full advantage of it. You know, and try to prove my vision right. You know that I, I am an NFL talent. You mentioned the NFL job quiz. I, I know I was really surprised that you didn't catch on with an NFL roster, even even as like a like a practice squad player or something like to get an opportunity. That was surprising to me. Uh, one thing to not be drafted, but another not to get that opportunity. Did you one? Were you surprised by that? And and two, uh, did you get a, like a clear explanation as to why the opportunity didn't present itself? I think most of us who followed your career were surprised that you didn't get that chance. Well, you know, that's I, 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 that was the biggest thing for me. Like I. Like, I was kind of left in the dark of why that opportunity never like presented itself. Uh, you know, so me, all I could do is control what I can control, and I just went to work, man. Like I, I, I let it fuel me, like because I, you know, no offense to any other guys, that, but I was, I was with guys that, you know, that, that I, I thought I was better than, you know, I saw good opportunities, but you know, that's just how life works sometimes. You know, it's not about sometimes it's not about talent. You know, it's about you know. Um, and when, you, when in the situation I was in, it's about being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, uh, I know the opportunity will arise, you know, because I'm a strong believer in my faith. And, I mean, I got the opportunity to play in the XFL for a reason. And um, I did, you know, um, everything that was asking me from the coaches, you know, and um, I'm confident, you know, I can get I, that shot will come in the NFL. And when I does, I, got, I just got to do my best to take full advantage of it and make sure, you know, I, I, that people know. That I, I, you know, I, I belong in the NFL. So let's rewind a little bit and kind of talk about your journey to Florida State. Uh, you were a, uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember this. I think I may have written the first story on you back when I was at the Orlando Sentinel. That's before I was at twenty four seven. You remember that? Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. That was like the first story ever, like ever was written on me. Yeah, you and your you and your brother, you guys were transferring. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's it's crazy that uh, that you know here we are what like eight nine years later. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, life's crazy sometimes. But uh, but so you were a more, more or less like a prodigy. Like you were a really good running back at a really young age, and that meant offers came early and often for you. Uh, was if I recall correctly, Florida State was your first offer, man. Yeah, Florida State was my first offer. Uh, Coach Fisher uh, offered me um, in the ninth grade. I was like, I was 14 years old at the time. So, <laughs> yes. It was crazy, like, you know, to be in that type of uh, spotlight at such a young age. But um, it motivated me, you know, to stay humble because I knew, um, you no, know, I knew I had to work. I had to put in to, to to live up to all that, and that just kept that just drove me, you know, all the way throughout my time at Florida State. You know, I'm one of those guys that just find motivation in the smallest things. You know, I always look for small wins, you know, because that's the things that that's the thing that I keep going. You know, uh, you see guys, you know, they get a little success and they kind of like fall off because, you know, uh, it's easy to it's easy to, to feed into people telling you how good you are. But I mean, I, I feel like I surround myself with people, you know, honest people. And um, that's the biggest thing I feel like, you know, in this on this journey, you know, being around honest people that's going to tell you what you need to hear so you can, you know, stay afloat and you know, become the best player and person you are. Yeah, your work ethic and your motor as a runner and, and the way you approach the game, I don't think could be questioned. You got progressively better during your time at FSU and you got progressively better even at, at Timber Creek High School. You just kept getting better and better and set all sorts of area records. Uh, we'll go back to when you got the offer from Coach Fisher. Uh, at the time, like, did you understand the match? Like, because you're so young, you're, you're in ninth grade. Do you understand how big of a deal that, that was to get that and to be the first offer from, from Florida State? Honestly, I honestly didn't at the time, you know. Um, I knew it was big, but I didn't understand how big it was, you know, because uh, me personally, I didn't know, like, I, I, like, I idolized guys that were playing college ball, but I didn't know how to get to college, you know. So I, I just thought, you know what I'm saying, like, I honestly just didn't know how, you know, because I know playing really, you just sign up for a team and you play in that t- for that team in your area. So I didn't understand how you got to, you know, a big time school like that, you know. So like it was kind of weird when like, you know, I got a call from a guy, uh I think his name is Jeff. I can't remember his last name. Uh he worked with the uh the Exos people. Not Exos the time. Oh it's like Jeff Jeff Vaught, Jeff Vaught? I can't remember. Yeah, I know I I think I know who you're talking about. Was in yeah, uh, yeah, he called down South Florida. He, yeah, he called down to my school and he was like, uh uh Coach Fisher wants you to come out to the spring game and I was like, Me? I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So I told my mom, and like we, we uh, we visited. We actually visited Florida a week before that, and like it was kind of crazy because like Florida, like I went to Florida, and it was like, yeah, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna have an opportunity, you know, to play here. You know, um, when you when you um when you're ready to graduate, or whatever. And I and I guess that was their way of offering me, you know. But like me being at 14, I've never, you know, what I'm saying I don't, I don't know, you know. So, <laughs> I go to Florida State the next week, you know, Coach Fisher, um, after the spring game, he calls me up to his office, me and my mom and my uh, brothers, and uh, we're just sitting there, and he's like, uh, you know, I love your tape, man. I think you're going to be a very special player. You know, I want to be able to, I want to be the first to offer you a full scholarship uh, to Florida State University. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't, like, I was speechless, you know what I'm saying? I just looked right, I remember my mom crying. Like, I'll never forget that moment. I'll always be thankful for that moment, you know, because uh, that moment changed my life. And, um, you know, it's just uh, like I, I think I posted a picture of it like during pre-draft time, like uh, my, me, my mom, and my brothers at the spring game, 
because it was just like it's just like something I never can forget. Like that moment, like it really it changed my life and my family's life for the better. And and so many good things come your way after that, like you said, and and that also includes like a ton of other scholarship offers. I think LSU yeah. came pretty soon after. I'm not sure if Florida clarified, but they obviously get in the picture as well. Uh, what was like you had so many offers at such a young age. What was the wildest part of your recruitment? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I know Florida State was always in the picture, but like, did it ever get like kind of, kind of iffy if you were going to Florida State? Were there any like crazy recruiting stories you can share with us now in, in hindsight? Uh, well, I mean, I remember when I was when I was first when I first started out recruiting. You know, um, well, when it, I'm I'm just saying, well, the recruiting process it was four years for me. You know, I was getting recruited since I was 14. You know, so right. it was a four year process for me. Well, three, well, technically three, but four. Uh, so um, when it when it boiled down to it, you know, uh, I had I think my final five was like Florida State. Um, Alabama, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida, I believe. And I think when it, it was, I visited, I visited Texas A&M on an official visit. I visited Ohio State on an official visit. It's kind of crazy. I see Michael Thomas was my host, uh, my official visit. <laughs> I, 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 seen him, I seen him. Yeah, I seen him in Miami uh, when I was doing a pre-draft, and it was like crazy. We both remember each other like. But uh, who else did I take official visit? I took one to Florida State, and my last visit was supposed to be to Alabama. Because I only took three, I think. I think three. I think I took only three, maybe four. But my last one was supposed to be to Alabama right before I was supposed to early enroll. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember Nick Saban came down to my school. Like I guess they had like the award show in uh, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had the award show in Orlando, and Nick Saban came down to my school in Lane Kiffin. And we're just sitting in a, a conference room and just like crazy, like you know what I'm saying, like Nick Saban's like he's you know what I'm saying, he's sitting here and he's telling me like, you know, you come you come to Alabama, you know, these are things that we, we can happen for you. You see our history of running backs and like it was that that was one of like the most surreal moments for me because like it was like, man, like this guy just you know, this one is arguably the greatest coach in college football history. And he, you know what I'm saying, he took the time out of his day to come and you know, make his 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 pitch to um um, to me to come to a school, and I never forget. <laughs> I never forget. He told me he was like, uh, you know, uh, we got guys. You know, you know, somebody, they they got a, They got a good freshman back. I guess at the time he was talking about Dalvin Cook, and he said we got a guy that's pretty good too, but he'll be leaving. You know, they got that guy there, and he he'll be there for a, a long time. You know, you got to compete with him. You know, so he said we got guys on campus, but you can come here. You know, compete early. And, uh, he he knew how special Dalvin Cook was, you know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he studied him a lot. You know, I knew who Dalvin was. I knew how special he was from high school. But I remember he told me that and all that. And then I didn't. And then, long story short, I didn't have to, I didn't I didn't end up taking a visit, uh, and I ended up rolling to Florida State the next week. And uh, I remember, like, I guess you know a lot of schools. Like, I don't know if schools knew I had enrolled uh, um, already, but like Jim Harbaugh called me because he had, I think he had just got the job at Michigan. And uh, is it Jim or John? Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Jim, yeah, Jim. Okay, yeah, Jim called me. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, coach, but I'm already at Florida State. <laughs> and he was just like, laugh. we just like laughed about it. And he was like, he was like, yeah, man, you're you're a hell of a player. I wish I would have got the opportunity to recruit you, but uh, I'm sure I'll pass across one day. And uh, that was pretty cool, you know, that uh, starting to reach out. 
you know, but he did, he definitely didn't know I was already at Florida State. So it was it was like my recruiting process is crazy, man. Like I, I got I, I visited a lot of places, man. I visited I, I visited places like Tulane, you know, where I met a lot of great guys, you know. Because my 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 thing with being recruited, my coach always told me he's like, make sure you know, you're respectable to everybody because you never know what coach will end up at the school you may want to go to. You know, unfortunate, unfortunate for me, I was at Florida State. For my first three years at Florida State, all the coaches were the same, you know. So um, that was that was a good thing. You know, uh, I know a lot of people deal with, you know, coaching changes, you know, which is not, you know, sometimes it's not the best thing, but that's what it is, you know. So I'm very you know, fortunate in my time at Florida State. How, how hard was it to say no to Coach Saban to not go there, whether even for another official and extend the recruiting process? Like, in – at the time, uh, yeah, I guess how, how difficult was was that? That was tough, you know, because honestly, yeah. that, that was Florida State and Alabama was my final two, you know. Um, it was tough, you know, because um, just looking at the history of Alabama running backs, all of them were in the same mold as me. You know, you look back at it, TJ Yell and Derrick Henry. You know, Mark Ingram was a little smaller, but he's that same type of mold, you know. And, um, it was hard because history said go to Alabama, you know, so – that was a really tough decision, but like at the end of the day, I, I just went where my heart was at, and I was at Florida State, you know, and I'll I'll be a no for life, you know, and I don't regret that decision. One of the you know, best decisions of my life, you know. I met you know um, teammates that became brothers, you know, coaches I looked up to that, that are like like father figures to me, you know. So, uh, and it was a tough decision, you know, because everything everything said Alabama, but I just went where my heart was at. You mentioned your heart, like what, how, why Florida State? What made your heart re- reside with Florida State? What did Jimbo Fisher do to convince you? Like, how did you end up deciding it was going to be the, the first school to offer you a scholarship, FSU? Every time I went to Florida State, I, I, I always re- it always reassured me that I, I, that's the place I wanted to be at every time, you know. So, like, when I went to Alabama, you know, I liked it, but it, it didn't give me that same feeling, like, you know, that I got when I was in, in Tallahassee, you know. So that was one of the things, you know. I remember I took my official visit. You know, I already had been on – I already had been in the Campbell campus multiple times. But, you know, just like that official visit, I believe it was – they played Florida. Uh, they had, I think it was against Florida, you know. And, um, you know, I just – after that, I just I just knew, like, I'm coming to Florida State, you know. It's, it's, it's a seal. It's a, it's a done deal. And – you know, Nick Saban kind of came. He, he, you know, they were recruiting me hard before that, but you know, he came down. You know, he tried to get me on that last official visit. You know, so but it was tough though. You know, it was a tough decision. You know, at 17 years old, that you know, you're gonna ask to make a a decision that will impact your life forever. You know, so I just had to go where my heart was at. You know, um, and I, I think I made the best decision for myself and my family. And so you get to Florida State, and you you find a way to contribute behind Dalvin Cook immediately. You're, you're, I think, had 300 rushing yards your freshman year. Uh, But I remember Jimbo Fisher was uh, being a tough coach. I mean, he's tough on everyone, but he pushed you. And even publicly, I remember him saying, when you're a rookie, you're just getting used to playing at at the college level. And he's saying, you know, Jacquez needs to to run a little bit harder and and use his strength a little bit more in his size. I was very public about that. What was it like playing for Jimbo Fisher, a guy who's kind of considered a, a perfectionist and someone who's very, very vocal. Obviously, we heard him in practice all the time. But what was it like playing for for Jimbo? 
that was it was it was great, you know, because that's what he is. He demanded perfection, and he demanded it every day. Um, I learned a lot of things from Coach Fisher, you know, and I'm pretty sure everybody that played for him can say the same. You know, uh, you know, on the field, you know, Jimbo meant business, but off the field, he, you know, he was definitely anytime you needed. You know, I can call Coach Fisher right now, and he'll pick up the phone. You know. Uh, that's the type of guy he is, you know. Um, I'm not – he's not at Florida State anymore, but, you know what I'm saying, that's – he recruited me, and and that's what he is, you know. He's a good guy, um, you know, and that's my biggest thing, you know. Uh, I feel like, you know, my time under him, you know, I developed as not just as a player but as a person because so much he, he instilled in us, you know, on a daily basis. You know, he always demanded nothing less than perfection, you know, and that's – and he knew every he knew we always couldn't reach perfection, but if we got close to it, you know we'll be we'll be well off. And um, a lot of guys, you know, uh, you know, a lot of guys didn't take. You know, a lot of guys have different perceptions of Coach Fisher, but he always wanted the best for the team. What what is maybe the biggest misconception of Coach Fisher from the outside looking in, whether it's fans or or media or? Uh, what are what's something that maybe people don't know about Coach Fisher that that you guys who played for him would know? Uh, I, I mean, I don't really know, you know, because I never really, you know, I know I don't really read into things like you know what people say about him. I mean, I mean, unless you can tell me what people think, I and mean, I can, you know, what I'm saying tell you if it's true or not. <laughs> well, yeah, I know him leaving uh, was certainly a lot of people weren't fans of, I guess, when he did leave. I know I was critical of at least how it appeared when he did leave. It was abrupt to leave you guys uh, in the middle of the season. I know that wasn't all entirely his choosing. He would have waited till the end of the season, but to leave, certainly something that I, I know I was critical of at the time, but maybe you can explain what that was like as a player going through a really, uh, you know, not most coaching changes happen like that, where it's that public and, and that drawn out for a couple of weeks and in the middle of the season. Uh you know, I was a, a kind of a weird situation, you know, because like every year we always heard, you know, that you know someone wanted him, you know, which is understandable. He's a great coach, you know. So, uh, you know, every team in college football is always trying to get better, you know, regardless of you know people want to deny it or not. You know, that's why they bring in a five star after five star every year, you know, because they're always trying to get better. That's with any team in football, you know. Uh, and you know, we didn't believe it, you know that. He was going to leave to go to Texas and then, you know, I don't think it was personally, you know, I want to say, I don't know. I don't know how it went down, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I just feel like it was something that like had to happen now, you know what I'm saying? If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, because he, it was, it was, it was a weird situation. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It was just, it just kind of, it was kind of weird, you know, how it all went down. You know, we didn't feel like he was going to leave and then he left, you know, and, I understand, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can't, you can't, you can look at it from whatever perspective you want, you know, but he left and he moved on, you know, and, uh, well, you got to look at all the great things he did do for the program. Mm-hmm. You know, he brought a national championship, he brought those ACC titles to the team, you know, he had a high trophy winner, brought great players to the program, he gave the program some of the best years of his life, you know, so that's how I kind of see it. Um, you know, and I'll always be grateful for my time with him, you know, because those were my best years at Florida State, you know. Right. So, you know, I can't – I was never mad about it, you know. Um, it just put me in a, a situation where, you know, it put a lot of people in a situation where we were, you know, we, we were kind of scrambling to figure out, like, what do we want to do, you know. Um, you know, and then we got a new coach, you know, and that kind of, like, 
you know, I mean, you saw what happened when, you know, mm-hmm. when the change happened, you know, so it, it, that was what it is, you know, but I think Jimbo Finch is a great guy, you know, I always respect him, I always respect what he did for me, you know, for me, my time at Florida State, and when I'm, when I, and my time now, you know, I can, like I said, I can call Coach Richard right now, and he answer the phone, you know, that's the type of guy he is, so I always have respect for him, and I, I'll cool. never speak ill upon him, you know, because it's not me as a person. With that 2017 season, Jacquez, like I, I know it got weird to the end there, but he, that was your best season at Florida State, and production-wise was really good, but even just like the little things like you mentioned earlier, man, like like pass protection, catching the ball out of the backfield, uh, you kind of showed like that you could be the the full package, and that was you and Cam Akers splitting time, uh, and that's with all the injuries you guys had uh, on, on offense. The entire team that season really had a lot of injuries, and you produced uh, to kind of keep the bowl streak going. What was that season like in the moment like for you playing through it? And what clicked for you, I guess, that that season for you to kind of produce the way you hadn't maybe produced before? Oh, just, I mean, for me, it's simple. I just got I just got more carries, you know. I, I like, <laughs> That'll yeah, help. I started, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, being with, playing with Dalvin Cook, it was tough, you know, to, to get the, uh, you know, the, the carries needed to, you know, to produce at a, at a, at a level I did at my junior year. But, you know, I always, you know, uh, just try to do my, you know, try to make most of the opportunities I did get when I played with Cook. But, like I said, you know, I feel like my junior year, I was just hitting my stride, you know, and it was unfortunate that Coach Fisher had left and because everything changed, you know. Uh, I had, you know, my I, kinda, I my, my stats regressed as a as a senior, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily feel like I regressed as a player. You know, I, you know that's the thing. Yeah, um, that was the toughest thing for me because, like, I felt like I just I had just hit my stride, and I felt like I was I was I was primed for a great year, you know, uh, you know, to you know do some great things, and you know it just didn't happen that way, you know, just because of this the whole the whole situation that had happened, the whole switch. Can we talk about the switch because I know it affected a lot of different guys, and you said you know, you had teammates who were kind of deciding what to do. I think like Auden Tate, Ryan Izzo, were among some of the guys who we weren't sure if they were going to leave early or not. And they did uh, for you, like, I know you talked about it. You kind of weighed whether it was time to go pro or not. What went into the decision to return with the new coach coming in that uncertainty and in hindsight, like, would you have done things differently knowing, yeah. knowing that 2018 wasn't really the season you wanted it to be? I mean, me per- like, I remember, the, I remember, uh, you know, having that decision come up, you know, I had, the, I got the grades back. And, um, you know, what people were telling me, uh, and when I, once I, I got the information I needed, I mean, I told my mom, I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm not going back to school. And I remember telling her that early on, like right after the bowl game, I told her I wasn't going back to school. And, you know, uh, I just kept thinking about it, you know, and, um, we had to talk with Coach Taggart, you know, um, and we put a lot of things on the table, you know, you know, telling me what he can do for me, um. You know, uh, to help me get to where I need to be to be a, a higher draft pick in the, in the NFL. You know, because a lot of teams told me, you know, coming back as a senior that uh, my grade going to my senior year was, you know, uh, an early third, you know, early third round grade. You know, so that's what I was getting. You know, but my after my junior season, I got four to like four to six. You know, I got two. It was because it was like I think it was like four four advisory grades. I got like four to six, four to six. I got like six to. Uh, undrafted and I got like one that was like fifth to undrafted, you know, so it was a lot of uncertainty in it. But uh I mean that's I mean at the end of the day like at running back, you know, 
I mean, now looking back at it, it's just, you know, running back, you just got to get in the door. And um, that was what those grades were as a junior. And uh, then, you know, teams were telling me, you know, if I come back and I'm going to have a good year, I can go early on, I can be a top 50 pick or stuff like that. You know, that's what I was hearing, you know. So, um, you know, I, you know, I'm talking to Coach Taggart, you know. And I, like I said, I had, felt like I had just hit my stride, you know. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was trying for a great year as a senior. Um, so, you know, me, I, me, I, I'm, I'm a competitor. I was going to bet on myself. You know, it was a lot of uncertainty coming back with a new coach, a guy that didn't recruit me, you know. Uh, a guy whose system, you know, I knew uh, was, you know, probably, you know, not my not my style. Uh, but, you know, he showed me the, the blueprint he had with Russ Freeman. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like that. You know, I talked to Royce and uh, Royce gave me a lot of good feedback, you know. So, well, all, everything, or well, everything considered, you know, I uh, decided to come back for my senior season. And, I mean, I don't, I don't regret anything, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason, you know. I'm a firm believer in, you know, God, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just things happen, you know, away that doesn't it doesn't you know according to the plan, but it's all his it's all God's plan, you know. So that's how that's the way I look at it. You know, it wasn't my plan. You know, my plan didn't go as way the way I wanted, but God's plan always prevailed. And um, you know, that's you know I'm I got the opportunity to XFL, you know, and that's just part of the plan. You know, to uh, get to the to the, the big picture. I guess what didn't go right in your senior season? Uh, I know I had theories like it was tough for you to run out of the shotgun, like wasn't to your strength and. Uh, your actual touches, you didn't get as many at-bats to run the football. I know there were injuries up front consistently, but I guess, I guess why do you look at the team regress so much in in the first year under under Coach Taggart? Um, there's a lot of things you can look at, you know. Um, I mean, we're being honest, I just feel like, you know, I didn't get the touches, you know, um, needed to, to be, you know, the player I needed to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a guy that gets better with touches, you know, and um, my touches were inconsistent through uh, the season, you know. And, um, I mean, it just is what it is, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, that was just really what it is for me, you know, uh, as far as my while my performance kind of dipped, you know. And, I mean, I can, I mean, I, I heard the stories like, oh, yeah, we, um, the system didn't fit, you know, because we ran a lot of shotgun. So you go watch my tape from 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 the XFL from the shotgun. You know I have you know, I did fine. You know so it's not it's never that. You know even with Jimbo, I, I my run I had a lot of runs out of shotgun. It's not that. You know it's I, I didn't they, like you just like I said. You know what you know you said what was the the leap from my you know my time but then my took to my junior year is just getting the ball. I always felt like all I did was get the ball and um you know um but you know it's like my production took a lot took a dip. You know uh. My reputation as a player took a dip, you know, uh, and I just scouts, I believe, just because of the situations I was put in when I did get the ball. But, man, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful for that time at Florida State, you know, because, you know, I learned a lot from it. And I know I know now, you know, uh, you know, things that, you know, it's, just, it's, it's I always try to find a silver lining, you know, in everything, you know, I always try to look at the glass out full. You know, I don't. I don't sit here and I don't want to sit here and blame everybody else. You know, uh, because I mean, he did. I did get opportunities to carry the ball. So you mean I can look at it like that? Or I could. I could have been better when I did carry the ball. So mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, man, like I just, I, I, I'm grateful for my time at Florida State overall, the bad and the good.
What was your favorite moment at Florida State, whether it's a, a team accomplishment you guys had, or like, a, like a moment there, or a play you made? I guess what, what if you could like boil it down to like one thing like that you'll you'll tell grandkids one day, like what what's your favorite moment from your time at FSU? I would just say the, I would say I'll give you or my favorite I'll give you I'd say the twenty sixteen season was my, my favorite time at Florida State, like uh just because you know, that team that team knows I remember we were we're at time two in the country, we go to Louisville and they beat they beat us to sleep. You know, um uh, we come back you know, we, we beat USF and then we come back to lose again in North Carolina. And, you know, and, you know, we just, now we're, we're at a point where we can be questioning ourselves, you know, we're, we came in the preseason, you know, I mean, we were number two team in the country at one point and now it's our back against the wall, you know, and that team, we fought through a lot of adversity, you know, we had the, uh, you know, we had a lot, you know, going on that year, but we, we fought and fought and we, we scratched and fought our way to a one ball victory. And I was like one of the, you know, the best seasons, you know, at, one of the best seasons I've ever been a part of, you know, and that's, that's like one, that's one thing I'll, that's one, like one season I always cherish. I'll never forget, you know, it's times, you know, being part of that team, you know, I can always, you know, recall on, you know, just, you know, those guys on the team, you know, from, from Dalvin and DeMarcus, you know, all those guys, they, you know, just being on that team and seeing what real leaders look like, you know, they set the culture for, for state and, um, that was, that was that was big. That was like one of my that was one of my my favorite moments at Florida State. That's that whole 2016 season. You know, I, I wanted to ask because I completely forgotten to mention. I'm happy you mentioned the 2016 season. What what was it like that you're having the cameras follow you guys around? What was it that a season with show? What was that weird having the cameras there? And like, did you watch? Did you watch episodes? Like, was it realistic? Some of the things I remember fans were freaking out about some of the things like the promissory notes that they showed. Uh, the some of the conversations Jimbo had with. With Derwin, uh, we were, it seemed like Jimbo didn't feel like he had control of the team. But, like, I don't know what was for camera and what was legitimately, like, really happening. Uh, I don't know, think about it. I, don't really, I can't really even remember. Like, it was so like, – <laughs> that, 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 so, I just knew that they followed they, – if, if, if you – like, say if you had a good game, like, they're going to follow you around that, that – uh, you know, they put mics on you during practice. Uh, you know, they want to interview you. Um, so, I mean, they try to keep it authentic from what I remember, you know. Uh, okay. I don't really, I don't really, I can't really think of a time where I was like, oh, that's, 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 that's crazy. Like, that, that's not us, you know. Uh, you know, but I mean, I think, I mean, personally, um, I mean, I didn't mind it, you know, because it never bothered me. It was never in my way, like, you know, so, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe from a a, a, a DeAndre Francois perspective or a Dalvin Cook's perspective, you know, I don't know how how they felt about it, you know, but guys have the the guys have the right to decline, you know, you know, interviews with it, you know, it wasn't like the, it was mandated like where we or we had to meet with them or they were able, you know, what I'm saying they gave us our space and and that's but that's why I respected it, you know, it was nothing ever too crazy, you know, it was sometimes you you really didn't know they were even there. All right, last question for you, Jacquez, and I. I know I've kept you almost twice as long as I promised, but just that's kind of what I, that's, that's what I do. You could ask Chris Neem, my co-host. I always tell him it'll be a 20 minute episode. It turns into 40. So uh, what are you doing right now? You mentioned like kind of try to stay in shape. Like how how are you preparing for whenever XFL resumes or let's say the NFL calls, like what are the things that you're doing right now for the next step in your football career? 
I'm just uh right now I'm just training uh, with my my guy TA um, at Better Everyday Orlando. And, um, he just getting me right, you know. Uh, hopefully that you know uh, we don't get in a situation where we can't even do that. But uh, yeah, um, other than that, you know, like I got before I got on the phone with you, I did some cardios and abs. Um, actually, just got an email. I think you know I'm trying from the XFL about. Uh, uh, I don't know. They just—I think they just emailed us saying that uh, we might be—we may be free to play. Um, oh really? Breaking break news March on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <What was> it? <laughs> it says beginning on March 23rd, XFL players will be free to, to play competitive football for the NFL or CFL teams okay. upon execution of the XFL notice of contract termination. All right. Okay. So, so, so that means basically, and I think that's something. If I'm not mistaken, like there was a certain date that when you guys sign a contract with the XFL, you have to assured to play with XFL that you wouldn't dip on them midway through the season to go for another league. So that may be the, uh, I, mean, I don't know if that timeline's different though, than when you guys would have signed it, but I guess it yeah, means you so can right. start, start talking to other teams. Yeah. yeah as, long, as long as you sign that, that letter of termination. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Have you, I guess you probably couldn't have heard from any NFL teams yet to well, this point. Well, like they're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. You see, they can't have any type of contact uh, contract contacts with us because you know we're, the XFL technically still has our rights right now. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, I mean, so hopefully, you know, starting Monday, I start to hear some good news. Well, fingers crossed for you, man. Like you deserve it, and I hope you do get a chance just to even be out there at the XFL or the NFL. Sorry, excuse me, the NFL practice field to show what you can do, and you have that opportunity. To, to show people. So fingers crossed, uh, Jacquez, I really appreciate your time. It was fun catching up with you. Good luck with everything and you stay safe. All right. I appreciate your time. Man. All right. Have a good one. Yeah.